0: If have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open up to Galatians chapter 5, and, and we're going to spend the day in Galatians. Um, this is one of the letters that Paul wrote to the, uh, the Galata church, and uh, it's one of my favorite books in the Bible, but we're just going to go in there and we're, we're, we're going to kind of discover how Paul wrote to them to encourage them to make decisions based off of God's truth and not man's truth. And so we're gonna gonna go there. Now, Galata was located in central Turkey, and it was evangelized by Paul and Barnabas at the time. And as the believers began to grow in that that region, in that area, there were also self-proclaimed leaders that rose up among the people that began to tell them what was right and wrong for their lives. Now, WE HEAR THAT A LOT in, uh, IN THE CHURCH WORLD, IN RELIGION. THAT'S WHY HERE AT LIFE CHURCH WE SAY, YOU KNOW, IT'S REALLY ABOUT A RELATIONSHIP WITH JESUS AND GROWING IN THAT RELATIONSHIP. IT'S NOT ABOUT A RELIGION, BECAUSE A RELIGION CAN'T SAVE YOU. ONLY JESUS CAN SAVE YOU. YET, FOR SOME REASON, WE AS PEOPLE ARE ALWAYS TRYING TO TELL OTHER PEOPLE WHAT TO DO. MY FIVE-YEAR-OLD TELLS ME WHAT TO DO. He's like, Dad, you know, that's really not a good idea. Oh, really? Why not? Well, because I said so. I'm like, bro, you're five years old. You don't even know how to tie your own shoe, let alone tell me what to do. Uh, you know, And, and he's, a, he's a great kid. He's not like rebellious or anything like that. But we have this, this thing about us that, you know, in society there's people that just constantly are trying to dictate... WHAT'S RIGHT AND WHAT'S WRONG. SOCIETY'S TRYING TO REDEFINE THAT RIGHT NOW. THEY'RE SAYING, OH, YEAH, THIS IS RIGHT AND THIS IS RIGHT AND THIS IS RIGHT. OH, YEAH, THIS this IS WRONG. YET, WHAT DOES GOD SAY ABOUT THAT? LET'S GET INTO GALATIANS CHAPTER 5. AND PAUL WRITES HERE, HE SAYS, SO CHRIST HAS TRULY SET US FREE. NOW MAKE SURE THAT YOU STAY FREE AND DON'T GET TIED UP AGAIN IN THE SLAVERY OF THE LAW. So two thoughts come to mind in that portion. Christ sets us free because we need freedom. And the second thing is Paul is warning us not to be burdened again. Again with what? The bondage of slavery. You say, okay, well, what's slavery? Well, sin and you know, certain aspects of religion can be slavery for some. I was teaching uh, one of our classes on Wednesday nights and uh, uh, we were talking about our our spiritual backgrounds. And in that class there were um, some of those that had Catholic background and and LDS and, and Methodist and Christian and all these different things. And we were just talking about how sometimes you can go to a church and be a part of a congregation and you feel these expectations that are on you to be someone that you're not really who you are. Uh, one lady was mentioning that she just, uh, you know, every time she went to church, it was all about how good she could look to her family at, at church. You know, how, many th- how she could act like she has it all together, when really her life felt like it was spinning out of control. And I don't think life church is any different. I think we still struggle in areas because we're all people and we all have different backgrounds and we have this this mentality that we fight but we're just talking about how God's expectations for us are so much different than man's expectations And it is for freedom that Christ set you free he didn't do it because uh, you paid him or that you earned it it's not like earning an Eagle Scout badge where you're like all right I DID ENOUGH GOOD THINGS, GOD. I GOT MY LIFE TOGETHER ENOUGH, NOW we can, WE CAN HAVE THAT RELATIONSHIP THAT WE TALKED ABOUT. NO, CHRIST SAID, I WANT TO GIVE YOU FREEDOM BECAUSE I LOVE YOU. THERE'S NO STRINGS ATTACHED, JUST ME AND YOU. I DON'T KNOW ABOUT YOU, BUT THAT GETS ME EXCITED. NOW, THE FIRST CROWD WAS A LITTLE DEAD. I WAS HOPING THIS CROWD WOULD BE A LITTLE BIT MORE ENERGETIC. And uh, so if your neighbor starts dozing off on you, just just nail them. And when they when they scream, just shout amen so you cover it up. <laughs> so it's like when a ah, amen. And then and then I know that we're interacting with one another this morning. Then Paul goes on to warn us in verse four, he says. He says, you are trying to be justified by the law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Basically, he's saying, you're trying to be so good and so religious, you've alienated yourself from Christ. Do you even know Christ? Do you have a relationship with him? Or is it all just about a religion now? So he's calling him out. He's saying, Yo. DUDES! I say, DUDES. Is that okay? dude? YO, DUDES! I don't know if Paul said that, but he probably did. He's like, why are you listening how to, live, listen to everybody else how to live your life? Why don't you listen to God on how to live your life? See, it takes a lot more than just living by the Ten Commandments when you're in a relationship with Christ. It takes a lot more than just going to church on a Sunday or on a Wednesday night to live for Christ. It's a relationship. It's ongoing. It's ever-growing. It's ever-changing. Then he goes on to say in verse 5, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness of For which we hope. So according to Galatians 5, we become right through what? The Spirit. So what is that saying? It might sound a little deep this morning, but when we accept Christ into our life to be our Lord and Savior, His Spirit comes to live inside of us. Now I'm not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because that's different. That's a good thing. God desires to give that to all believers as well. But when we accept Jesus, His Spirit comes to take up residence in our lives. How many of y'all have ever had a roommate before? Anybody? How many of y'all have been married? Okay, then that's kind of a roommate too. A little bit more important than a roommate, but you know. So you've had that person that's lived with you. They do life with you. Now I'm going to talk to the men real quick, men, hi men. Have you ever had your mother-in-law come and stay with you? Yeah? How come you're not smiling about that? I would smile but I can't because my face is paralyzed. That's all I can do. Okay. My wife's not here, is she? She... Hi, honey. Now, my mother-in-law, she comes up and stays with me for weeks. And I love it. I, I, I'M BEING FOR REAL, SHE STAYS WITH ME FOR WEEKS. AND uh, I'M JUST TEASING ABOUT THAT PART, BECAUSE I LOVE MY MOTHER-IN-LAW. SHE'S, she's COOL, and, and, AND I LOVE HER VERY MUCH. Um, BUT WOULD IT BE POSSIBLE FOR HER TO COME UP AND STAY WITH ME, AND FOR ME JUST TO COMPLETELY IGNORE THAT SHE'S EVEN THERE? WELL, YEAH, IT'S POSSIBLE TO DO THAT. IS IT A GOOD IDEA TO DO THAT? NO. SOME OF YOU GUYS ARE THINKING ABOUT IT. YOU'RE LIKE, WELL, I'VE NEVER TRIED THAT BEFORE. THAT MIGHT WORK. (laughs) NO, IT'S NOT A GOOD THING. BECAUSE IF YOUR MOTHER-IN-LAW AIN'T HAPPY, YOUR WIFE AIN'T HAPPY. AND IF YOUR WIFE AIN'T HAPPY, YOU AIN'T GONNA BE HAPPY, OKAY? (laughs) YOU HAVE TO HAVE A RELATIONSHIP WITH HER WHILE SHE'S THERE. You interact. She wakes up in the morning and she says hi to you. You can't just be like, I don't hear nothing. When you invite Jesus to come and be a part of your life and he says, hey, you can't do that anymore. You can't be like, I don't hear nothing. Quiet, Jesus. I want to live my own life. THESE ARE THE FRIENDS I WANT TO HANG OUT WITH RIGHT NOW. IT DOESN'T MATTER IF THEY'RE DOING THAT. I DON'T HAVE TO DO THAT. QUIET, JESUS. I HOPE I'M GETTING REAL WITH YOU THIS MORNING A LITTLE BIT, BECAUSE SO MANY TIMES WE ALLOW JESUS TO BE A PART OF OUR LIVES. WE INVITE HIM IN. HIS HOLY SPIRIT COMES IN. HE STARTS WORKING ON US, AND YET WE JUST, WE we PUT HIM ON HOLD. AND WE SAY, YOU KNOW WHAT? Uh, I accepted you, I got my fire insurance, I'm good to go, Uh, I'm going to live my life. Do you think that's a good idea? No. That's dumber than ignoring your mother-in-law. It's not a good idea. So I want to give you a key to making a a right choice this morning, and, and that key is use the Holy Spirit. Use the Holy Spirit. It would have been beneficial to me had I sat down with my wife and we really prayed over this car we were about to buy and said, God, would you show any warning signs to us and may we hear your voice in this. would have saved us a lot of heartache and, you know, money, which would have been good. But instead, I was arrogant about it. And I said, you know what? Yeah, God, he, he helped me find this. He, he's got to be in it. Man, I was stupid back then, wasn't I? Aren't you glad that I got so much smarter since then? My wife's been slapping me around. It's been working. You know, getting me prepared. But then Paul also tells us a key to to basically making uh, what causes us to make wrong choices. And that's found in Galatians 5.13. And he goes on to say, For you have been called to live in freedom... MY BROTHERS AND SISTERS, BUT DON'T USE YOUR FREEDOM TO SATISFY YOUR SINFUL NATURE. INSTEAD, USE YOUR FREEDOM TO SERVE ONE ANOTHER IN LOVE. SO HE'S SAYING, LOOK, JESUS IS GOING TO SET YOU FREE, BUT THAT'S NOT AN EXCUSE TO GO OUT AND LIVE LIFE HOWEVER YOU WANT. YET SO MANY TIMES WE DO THAT. MY DAD, HE USED TO WORK WITH EX-CONVICTS WHEN THEY GOT OUT OF PRISON. He had a discipleship program for them. So if they got saved in prison, if they gave their hearts to Jesus, they could get out, they could live at this house, and they could have all this godly influence. Do you want to know what the success rate of that house was? It wasn't 80% you know, of convicts that got out, rehabilitated, they lived good lives. It wasn't 60%. It wasn't 40%. It was 20%. Why? Because they got out, they got their freedom. They got their freedom, and then all of a sudden they noticed how free they could really be. How free they could really be. One of the men in the the program, after he moved out of the house, um, my dad still keeps you know relationships with most of them. But as he was straying uh, and playing with fire, my dad kind of called him out and he said, Hey, what are you doing? He goes, Well, I I really feel like in order for me to win these people to Jesus, I I have to be able to go smoke pot with them and get high. Because, you know, Jesus, he hung out with those type of people, so I have to hang out with those type of people. And my dad was like, are you for real right now? Are you taking God's word and just completely twisting it around so that you can do what you want to do? Because that's what it sounds like. You want to know where that young man ended up in about six months? Prison. Why? Because he was set free, and he went right back, and he picked up his old junk and shackled himself all over again. Why do we do that? You might say, well, that's him. No, we, we all have a tendency to do that. You know, we struggle with something, and we keep picking it back up. Why? Why? Our freedom is not an excuse to sin. So what should a believer say no to? You might say, well, I'm new in faith. Um, What are some guidelines? What's right and wrong? And first of all, I want you to know, this is not me telling you. This is God's word explaining it to you. So there's a big difference than what the people in uh, Galata were dealing with. They had people telling them what to do. This is God showing you what to do. So he says in verse 19, these are the things that you should avoid. He says, sexual immorality. Wow, that's, that seems like a no-brainer, but yet our culture justifies two people shacking up without being married. Why? Because contrary to God's word, God says, you know what? The best thing for your life is marriage. That's what I created marriage for. But it doesn't just stop there. It's talking about pornography and dealing with lust. And all those things that can that can really hold you back and cause you to make a wrong decision. The next one, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. Now, I don't struggle with witchcraft, but it can be a stumbling block for some believers. They, they might be the type that, that want the buffet religion, where they're like, Oh, yeah, give me a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of New Age and a little bit of Buddhism. And, you know, I'll, uh, I'll take some of that, dad uh, over there, whatever that's called. Weirdism. <laughs> and then when people come up, and they're like, are you a believer? Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus and Buddha and Allah and all the, <laughs> and I'm a Scientologist. And they're like, what? Don't play around with that stuff. What does the word of God say? How does it say to live? It says trust Jesus, not in the crystals. Hatred, discord, jealousy. Now I know Christians don't struggle with discord at all. Right? (laughs) Because it's so easy when somebody, you know, makes us mad to go to that person and actually talk to them. Instead of going to other people and being frustrated, wrong—we <laughs> all struggle with that. And so, what do we do? We have to get it right. We struggle with that. We got to get it right. We got to go to those people. We got to—we—we we, got to make it right. Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I love the end of that verse, because Paul's saying, look, it's and anything like this. So don't just make these your list of 14. Anything that looks like these, run from it. That's the wrong way. So how do we make those right choices using the Holy Spirit? Because that's a long list. And I'd have to say, there's things on that list that I have given into at times, but how do we use the Holy Spirit to make right choices? I want you to watch this video.
1: We've all heard people talk about how they've heard from God or some people say they've heard the Holy Spirit. Well, what is that actually mean and how do people hear from God? Well, picture your life is like a car. You're a car. You're on the road. You're making your way through life. And in life, constantly you have to make decisions. You have to make turns. You have to turn from one road to go down another. And as you go through life, undoubtedly you're going to end up in areas you've never been before. Sometimes roads will cross and you have to make a decision which way you want to go. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit, it's God's guide to help you make these choices. And I'm not talking about choices between right and wrong. Your conscience tells you what's right and wrong. I'm talking about when either direction sounds like the right way to go. That's when the Holy Spirit can guide you like a street light. You know, you might make a choice and the Holy Spirit might give you a green light. And that's just saying, You know, go ahead, you're safe. Then sometimes you get a yellow light. That just is saying, slow down, take caution. Danger might be ahead. But then you could get a red light from the Holy Spirit about your choice. You just need to stop. Don't go any further. Just reconsider what you're doing. You know, a lot of people, they go through life and they run the red lights that the Holy Spirit gives them and when you do this, you're really just taking your life in your own hands. You're going against what God has planned for you. You might be able to make it a time or two, but it'll catch up with you because one of the biggest things that you got to know.
0: This is one of my favorite videos to share just because I think it, it puts it all into perspective you know the the street lights of life that God gives us to 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 navigate yet why is it so easy sometimes to run the red light why is it so easy sometimes to choose the wrong way when we know it's wrong instead of going the right way It really comes down to choices. You know, I was talking about once you invite Jesus in, he takes up residence. It's allowing him to have that voice in your life. Just like you allow some of your friends to have voices in your life. And some people, maybe you don't allow them to. But with God, we need to allow Him all the time to have that that voice. And so I want to give you um, uh, three ways, really quick, and we're we're going to close here really fast, but three ways to choose uh, how to make right choices. And before we do that, you know, Paul just writes in Romans 12, 2, and this is a great reminder. He says, uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed and renewed with your mind the way you think you have to start thinking differently you have to really put that that old self behind you and stop picking it back up to make decisions and to navigate life you have to put that behind you and start allowing God to transform and renew your mind and so the first thing in making right choices is choose to choose God's way I have to tell you God's way is not the easy way Wide is the path to destruction it's the narrow path the hard path that's God's way the second thing make sure to challenge yourself WITH GOD'S WORD. WHAT WOULD HAPPEN TO YOUR LIFE IF YOU STOPPED EATING FOOD? SOME OF YOU GUYS ARE LIKE, WELL, I'D START LOSING A TON OF WEIGHT AND LOOK AWESOME. YEAH, YOU'D LOOK DEAD, TOO, IN ABOUT 30 DAYS. WE HAVE TO EAT FOOD. IT'S it's WHAT MAKES US GO. WHEN YOU'RE A BELIEVER, YOU HAVE TO READ THE WORD OF GOD, AND YOU HAVE TO DO IT like your life depends on it, because guess what? If you don't consume God's Word on a daily basis, your spirit will die. It's, it, it's food. It's what keeps you going. The third thing, take time to listen to the still, small voice. The still, small voice. Now, in uh, 1 Kings... 19, Elijah, the prophet Elijah, went up to the mountaintop to, uh, to hear God's voice. And so he goes up there and, and he gets ready. He's like, okay, can you just imagine, can you put yourself there? You're, you're waiting on God's voice, His audible voice. Now, we're talking the God of the universe getting ready to speak. What, what are you going to expect? Well, I'll tell you what happened to Elijah. All of a sudden, a wind broke out, a wind like that hasn't been seen ever. And things were going crazy and going nuts. And Elijah, he's probably thinking, okay, this is it. God's getting ready to speak. But no, God wasn't in the wind. And then a mighty earthquake shook the mountain, and rocks were falling, and things were going crazy. And I'm sure Elijah again was thinking, "Okay, here it is. Nothing." And then a fire. A fire burned up the whole mountainside and was 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 going crazy, huge forest fire. And I'm sure Elijah thought, "Okay, well this has got to be it." And then nothing. But then. A small voice spoke to Elijah and Elijah listened and he said, here I am. You have to understand that God's voice doesn't come at us in our face. It's like you're getting ready to make a wrong choice. It's not like God's going to say, stop it. This is God. God? Wouldn't that be easy? (laughs) You're like, yeah, I was going to go that way, but now I'm going this way. Thanks, God. No, God speaks right here. And he says, listen up. No. Young lady, you might be dating that guy. And you're like, oh, but he's so good looking. And he's got such a good heart. And yet God's saying, that's not who I have for you. Parents, you might be saying, okay, well, I, I don't know what else to do, so uh, we're we're just going to have to pack up and quit our jobs and, and move across the country. Well, are you sure that's what God wants you to do, or does he want you to stick it out so that he can use you right where you're at? Listening to God's small voice. Would you stand with me as we uh, close our service this morning? Here at Life Church, we pray that you have a blessed week. Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can always go to LifeChurchUtah.com.